This is Karen with NewClevelandRadio.net, and it's time for Heart Mojo with Melinda Smith. But we're going to take a different path today. Typically, Melinda has a guest on, and today, Melinda is her guest, and I'm playing Melinda. Uh, so don't get confused. I uh, just want you to know this can be a little bit different. And when Melinda started Heart Mojo, she was working in the senior community. And she was meeting people, not just seniors, but people of all ages, uh, all ethnicities that had journeys, journeys that were changing their lives. And Melinda's also been on a journey for quite a while. As you all know, when she talks on Heart Mojo, uh, it started with her journey of cancer and her recovery and being in remission. But you know what? Being in remission is not 100% pain-free. It also has other issues. And sometimes employers even look at that as, are you right, the right fit, even with mm -hmm. all the right credentials? But what Melinda found in the last year was that there are so many people out there who need a little extra help. And Melinda, I was amazed when you told me you were going to do this because it is a big leap of faith. Mm -hmm, it's like sure going is. from a paycheck to, you know, people need me, but are they going to pay me for this? And the reality of it is many of us have to find a way to pay. We can't do everything on our own. Right. So give us a little background. Like what was that defining moment that said, hey, this is the change I'm going to make in my life? Well, I've been in the senior care industry for a number of years, and I love working with seniors. I just do. But I found last year with the loss of my brother, that took a toll on my mother. Now, I had to be his POA, so I had to make a lot of decisions for him. Ultimately, he did pass away last year. Then my mother took this, obviously, no one wants to lose their child, hard, really hard. Right. And she started a downward trend physically, mentally, and then she fell at the beginning of last year. And I had to be there to help her. Her medical appointments, she was in rehab. Every day, my sister and myself went to rehab because you really need to do that to be the advocate for your loved one. Right. And another friend of mine in that same window of time, two friends actually, one was on hospice and passed away. And I tried to help her daughter a little bit. And then another was a friend that I went to school with who had no living family members. And our school class is kind of like his family. So I ended up helping him as well. And I looked at the corporate world. Do I go back and work in a facility um, or something else in the senior care industry? And I decided that there was a need and God was pushing me in that direction taking care of my brother, taking care of my mother, helping out these other two people, I felt I needed to go with the flow, go with that direction. So it was a big leap of faith sure. to take that step. Um, I can't tell you how nerve wracking it's been, but I know what I'm doing. I know that it makes a difference in people's lives because in this industry, there's a hole in the middle. And that hole is home care, that isn't costly. So I started a company called Task Angel Care Services. And I spoke to many other people in the industry and said, do you think 
this is something that I could do, that I could help people. And they said, it sounds great. So that's why I jumped in. But it's not really home care in the sense that I don't bathe people, change people, take them to the restrooms. I don't do that. I do their task. And that's something that's missing. Because maybe they can't go to the bank. Maybe they can't pick up their mail or take their garbage out. Or maybe their child, who becomes their caregiver, their actual caregiver, is working another job and right. just doesn't have time to add those things in their day. That's kind of where I fit in. And, you know, so, I know how important that is because when my mother was in assisted living, actually she was in independent living at the time, my cousin uh, did all of her banking and everything mm -hmm. for her. But my cousin couldn't be in her apartment once a week, twice a week right. because of her own limitations. And so my niece offered to help. But then again, she had her, her own limitations as well. And as family, as we looked at that, the reason my brothers and I couldn't do it, she was in another city. Mm -hmm. And so we found hiring individuals like yourself was so important and worth every penny because she had one person, in, in her case, she had three different people. One person who did her grocery shopping she mm -hmm. had another person who went to my cousin's and picked up the money or whatever had to be done financially. She had somebody who came in and double-checked her medication twice a day. And then she had a fourth person that if she wanted to go someplace and transportation couldn't take her there, like to the pharmacy or like to a doctor's appointment, she was there. And so... It is so important because many of us are living longer. Mm -hmm. Our children sure. are getting older. And our grandchildren, if we have them, aren't even around. And as you talk about your friend, um, and it's wonderful that you have a class that was so supportive. But what if he didn't have that? Right. He would have fallen between the cracks. No one to follow up with his medical care. No one to make sure that he's getting the proper care. He, This particular individual not only had some physical issues, but also some um, cognitive issues. And so having somebody like me or anybody else who might have taken that position was very necessary to make sure that he got proper care. It's very hard today as a caregiver. We're all pulled in different directions. And sometimes you need just that little extra piece. Now for me, what I decided to do with this, which was missing in the industry, is a minimum amount of time of one hour. Not, no, home care does great things for people, they surely do, but they are costly and there's usually a four hour minimum. Maybe your task doesn't take four hours, but you are stuck trying to figure all that out in, in a four hour period of time, everything needs to be done. Sure. Where the way I work is based on your need with a one hour. So it, it fills that little piece. I can do things like, let's say you, you didn't live in the same state, right, as your mom. Well, I could be the person that goes visits your mom. I can do a video chat. You can see mom and be that go-between where you can get more information. So let's face it. We all know after COVID, the industry has changed. Senior care industry is very difficult. There are not enough people working in the uh, communities. 
So without that, you don't get the same follow-up. You just don't. It's it's not a criticism. It's just a fact, right? You just oh, don't get the same care that you had before when you don't have enough people. And they surely don't have enough time to stop and call you and do a video chat or say, hey, do you want to talk to your mom or dad? They just don't. So well, this a lot, that's something I saw missing when I worked in a community. I was that go-between for them. The people who lived out of state, whose loved one was in uh, long-term care, for example. I could be that go-between. It's not the norm. It's just how I felt that job should be run. People counted on me. So I've kind of just flipped that, and I do that independently now. Well, in, sadly, in the industry, when individuals like yourself go above and beyond, sometimes business doesn't like that because it's like, that's not your job. Your job is to do X. Please don't get involved with mm -hmm. Mrs. C or, or Mr. B. And it's like, we're human beings. And according to the statistics, there are going to be more of us in that need situation in the next 10 to 20 years. Right. And if we don't create a system now, you know, basically what you're doing is you're being that good next door neighbor. Mm -hmm. You're running the errand for the person. Right. You're driving them to an event that might be important for them because how else are they going to get around? How else are they going to get the things that they need? Right. Well, I have one client. She just couldn't pick up her prescription. She was sick. She didn't want to go out. It was worth it to her to send me up there. And it was 15 minutes away. No big deal. She just physically couldn't do it. She's an older individual. She doesn't want to take the risk of getting sicker. And that's where I can jump in and be helpful. Now, even if it's picking up mail, I had a client who was in the hospital and I watered her plants and picked up her mail. So it's it's that little go between that people are missing. And and I do think it has to do with the way our society is now. We're all stretched. Now our kids move away usually. You mentioned grandchildren. They may not either be old enough to help or, again, they're off doing their own thing, too. Our world is definitely different. You know, we used to have a world where your parents moved in with you when they were older and you took care of them until you just couldn't because they were in long-term care. Well, That's and not even, like that today. Well, even those who do have their parents move in, many times they're still working. So they're yeah. dependent on, as you said, maybe home health care that maybe comes in for four hours, you know, a week because it is costly. Um, mm -hmm. And it's, it's a juggling act, you know, who do we get to do what? I remember, and this goes back to the late 1950s, my grandfather came and lived with us. And my mother at that point in time was a stay-at-home mom, but she had to go back to work. And so her brothers and sisters all chipped in and said, okay, as long as dad's coming to live with you, we'll pay for somebody to come in and so-called house sit him while you're at work. But the problem was that she'd come home from work at five o'clock. She had a family of three kids and a husband. And here she was trying to do household chores and take care of her father because he was used to having somebody around during the day. Right. 
I didn't realize how much of a toll it took on her until I got older and we talked about it. It looked so easy back then, but mm -hmm. it wasn't. And if it hadn't been for her brothers and sisters being wealthy and being willing to pay for that person to come in, I don't know how he would have survived. Right. Well, and that's a big deal because if you, money is a big piece of this puzzle. I really work to keep what I do reasonable because you can't pay for, if you don't have the money, you can't pay for home care to come in right. at four hours minimum. That's, you know, range 30 to $40 an hour. It's a lot. And you're probably already stretched. We've, you know, with your family themselves, your kids, your spouse, how much can you do in a day before you end up getting sick as the caregiver? And then you're not good to anyone. Exactly. And these seem like little, little tasks. It's called tasks because they are just little tasks in our day. Taking the garbage out, for instance. You know how many seniors fall, especially in the winter, trying to get their cans out, right, to the end of the driveway. Maybe it's they're in an apartment building, but the garbage is all the way down the hall and they just can't walk that far or they can't manage with a walker in their garbage. It seems like a small thing. And it technically, I guess it is a small thing. But somebody has to do it, right? And they can't. So how do I? How do you fill the needs of this particular group? And it doesn't have to be a senior. It can be somebody who's just disabled. And they live on their own. Maybe they don't have any family to come help or anybody that wants to. Many times people do have family. They just, they don't want to. They don't see it as a requirement for them to do. Exactly. And we hear a lot of that. But also in today's society, we're seeing there are more uh, individuals who never had children. Mm -hmm. And so here they are at a point of their life where they need some help and they don't have their children to call upon. They may have nieces and nephews. They may have, mm -hmm. you know, long-term friends who have kids who care about them. But if you're not directly related, you don't always think about, hey, should I go help my neighbor take her garbage out? Should mm -hmm. I? The snow has been piling up for the last couple of days. Should somebody maybe shovel their walk? Now, there are people that are doing that, okay? Mm -hmm. But for the most part, I'm going to be honest, I live in a condo subdivision. I'm not sure what all my neighbors need. And I know right. they what I need. And I sometimes think, you know, I should start a neighborhood thing that says, hey, you know, let's watch to see, you know, if my house is dark for too many days. But you are filling that niche. So how are people learning about you filling this niche? It's a good question. Um, well, I've worked in the senior care industry for a number of years. So I already know a significant amount of people both working in these communities or maybe social workers at senior centers. Um, I've been part of an article in Boomer Magazine, which is a local magazine in Cleveland um, that caters to the Boomer generation and their needs and ideas. And I think for me, just the connections I have alone, have I've been able to really move this forward a lot quicker than someone else might be able to do. Sure. Because you do have to, Think about the fact that you're, let's talk about your senior center. People do pay attention, right? They know if there's a problem. They try to help each other. 
And if they have me as uh, my information, they can share that. Senior centers don't, they're not just there for the fun activities. They're also there to keep track of the seniors in their community. During COVID, I worked, even though I had a different position, I actually worked in a senior care community. I also delivered food during COVID. And it was also a wellness check at that same time to go to their home and drop off some groceries from the senior center. So all of these little pieces of the areas that I've worked in kind of brought me to this point, knowing that I could help the people that I want to help, do it at a reasonable price, and I have the connections to move that forward and get to the right people. Because that's really the key. You need the right type of person. I think everybody needs some help sometime, but you really need that senior or that disabled individual who really can't do these things on their own. And their the cost of hiring somebody full-time is prohibitive. So if somebody's listening to this, a lot some people might say, well, you know, pharmacies deliver medication now. Mm -hmm. um, groceries can be delivered. Um, there's a lot of things that can come to your door, okay? And we know that. Some come with the cost. Some um, are discounted and some can be free. And there are some communities like one of the boards that you work for where the community sort of looks out for each right. other, which is wonderful. But then again, you are basically dependent on volunteers. And if you don't have an extra volunteer that day, guess and what? it doesn't get done. It's not going to get done. But what is inexpensive to me may be expensive to somebody else. So how do you deal with that? Because I know your heart is so big, it's sometimes hard to say, yeah, I know you need it and I know you don't have you know, a nickel to your name, but yet again, it's still a business. Right. And admittedly, that's very difficult for me because I know the need is out there and I wanna help. And that's why I started doing this. I felt like I was being pushed on that journey to come and help people from a different angle than I was working in a community. It's it's just tough. I mean, that's why I have a price range, um, starting with a lower end and then an upper end, depending on the responsibility of what I need to do. So if it's banking and things like that, it may be slightly more than it would be to just do sure. a daily task of taking your garbage out. Um, I try very hard to make it all at one time so it fits within an hour because it's a one hour minimum, whether I've worked for you 15 minutes or whether I've worked for you an hour. So I feel part of my job is to be as concise and get things in that time period, as much as I can get done for them. And they still have to pay me, but they can be assured that they've gotten as much as they can within that time period. I don't think that's the philosophy of most companies. Most companies say, okay, I'm sending you someone for three to four hours, tell them what you want done, but they may not, they don't, I hate to say they don't care because there are a lot of wonderful caregivers, but they'll just fit it in to what they can do and that's it. They don't take that extra step. And I really feel that that's a quality that I can put out there for someone, that I do care enough. I understand, I, my mom and my grandma lived at my house. Then my mother now lives alone, my grandma has passed away. 
we, my sister and I have to do a lot of things for her, including some financial help. So if it is a struggle, maybe they can ask for a little help from the family member if they still have one available. I've had that. I've had a couple of friends pay for their friend to get some things done. Or I would ask to keep contact with the family and say, what do you need? I'm going to help you. It's not just about helping your mom. It's about helping you get through your day. And so you don't have to come at the end of the day to do this. And I find that that does tend to work. And then whatever they need, it's my job to fill it. So if they can only pay for an hour, then they only pay for an hour. And as you mentioned, there are caregivers who truly care. Mm -hmm. and there are caregivers who are taking a job. And there's right. nothing wrong with just taking a job. However, we have to remember we're working with humans. Mm -hmm. And we all have thoughts and feelings. Right. Uh, I was talking to a caregiver a couple of weeks ago, and she mentioned to me that she's very matter of fact in everything she does. I said, so when you come into a home and that person just needs to talk for the first half hour, mm -hmm. do you take the time? And she said, no. You know, I'm there to prep meals. And she went through everything that she has to do. That is my job. I said, well, do you ever ask the person to maybe come sit in the kitchen mm -hmm. while you're prepping so you can have that conversation? And the answer was, no, that's not on the list. Right. I, they may be doing a great job and that's fine. You're covering everything on the list, but there's more to it. Absolutely. And I saw that with my mother when she was in independent living, when caregivers would come in and check her medications. They spent 10, 15 minutes having a conversation with her in the morning. Right. She looked forward to it. In fact, when we found out that she was using up more of her time, we started paying a little bit more mm -hmm. because we just appreciated what that person was willing to do. Well, for me, I'll give you a quick example. I worked yesterday, yesterday was Sunday, but at the last minute, this person needed help. Believe it or not, there was a medical appointment on a Sunday. I didn't even know they did that. And she had to go to this appointment. So I, and we've had not great weather here in Cleveland. Right. So it takes a little longer to move her from point A to point B. So she went to these appointments. I went out, I did her grocery shopping for her, brought it home. But she needed an extra time to just sit and chat. I don't charge for that. I, I don't want it to be an hour. But if it's another 15 minutes or 20 minutes of my day, that could mean the world for her. As you pointed out, your mother looked forward to that. Right. And a lot of people do. And I'll tell you, you can learn a lot about the person you're working with and about their life and what they can teach you, what they know. Um, I love that part of the job. I love that part, getting to know the person. It's also the hardest part because, well, we're in an industry where people pass away. I mean, if they need help, there's usually a medical reason why they need the help. So it is a little tough, but I learn something from every single client I have. You know, they share their life and they need to share those memories. Also, just from a healthy cognitive approach, it's needed. It's needed for the, if they sit in their home all day and watch TV, they're not getting any real mental stimulation. So sitting there for an extra few minutes, hearing about 
their life 25, 30, 40, 50 years ago um, helps them and also helps me because you're right. You need to treat them as another human being. It's not just a job. Many people do that to get through the day. As I mentioned, people die. People are sick. There's a lot going on. And it's like a little barrier for yourself. But I would encourage anybody who's watching, if they are a caregiver, to remember how much that means to that person. And you will get, you'll gain something out of it too. Sometimes it's irritating. Sometimes it's the same story you've heard. But it's important to allow them to share that. When I worked in the part of the industry where I hired caregivers, I would say, think of this person as your family member. Exactly. Or yourself. How do you want to be treated? Because we're all getting there. One way or another, we're all going to be there. So how do you want to be treated? And that's what you have to think about. And many of the seniors, they seem cranky. They're not mad at you. They're really not. They're mad at life. They're mad at, about losing things. They can't drive anymore. They're stuck in the house. Oh, I used to be able to get that up on the shelf. Now I can't do that without risk of falling. It's frustrating. So when you're working with someone, if you take that into account, I think you, you're a better caregiver. You do a better job. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, as you know, and some of our listeners know, last June, uh, I had a fall and mm -hmm. I went into the hospital. The caregivers there were absolutely horrendous. Nobody explained to me what was going on. And I was cognitive. I was asking questions. Right. Um, but I couldn't move one part of my body. And nobody there tried to truly help. But when I went into um, rehab, I was very lucky. I had caregivers who cared. In fact, that first night being transported in, the first thing the caregiver said to me was, I'm not going to help you out of bed, but I'm going to show you how you can do it. Mm -hmm. And my first reaction was, how dare you? But I thought, no, that's exactly that's what their I job. And from that point on, I mean, it was within days that I could go home where originally when they sent me there, they said it was going to be three to four weeks. But it was the way the caregivers interacted with me and understood that I was cognitive. I had the ability to do it. And yet I saw them with other individuals who maybe had declining cognitivity, but they still worked with them to do what they could do best. Mm -hmm. So it's more than a job. At the end of the day, are they frustrated? Do they feel like they got paid enough? Probably not. <laughs> You're right. But, if the, but they come back the next day because it's what they want to do the same way that you gave up a Sunday. And yes, people would say, well, you were working, making money, but it also means that now you're working a seven day week. I pretty much am available 24 seven. I have a few of them that need an emergency contact. So if something happens, I'm gonna get a phone call and it's all good. I mean, they need somebody to do that. One of the things I think I can do with people is help them get also other people to help them. So for example, if there's something that I'm not gonna do for either it's not part of what I do, maybe I physically can't do it, um, I will find them someone. If they need legal, 
I will find a legal person, the individual that I spoke about earlier that was a friend from school that I ended up being the person to help him from our class. I also got him in touch with an attorney who has a nurse advocate. I don't know everything. I'm not a nurse, but I've worked in the medical field and I've worked in the senior field for a really long time. So I have a good basic knowledge. And if I don't have an answer, I can find the answer. That's part of what I do too. And I know not everybody will do that, but I, I see, and there's no charge for that. I mean, I see that as part of my giving back to the world, all the knowledge that I've gained by working in all the different areas in the senior community. I can share that. I can give that to the person or the family member. I can be that advocate if you live out of town and your mom's in a rehab or your mom's in um, an assisted living or long-term care. I can be that little connection piece to say, hey, I'm going to come in, spend an hour. This is what I see. How do you want to approach it? Do you need this type of person to come in? So, so that's another piece of what I do. Because I have the all the different areas, I can see things that maybe aren't going the way they should be going. Absolutely. And you you could be an advocate for yourself. My mother could not. My friend could not. Right. Exactly. So how can people find you? So I do have a Facebook page. They can reach out through messaging there. It's Melinda Smith and it says Heart Mojo because of the podcast. Um, you can email me at taskangelcareservices at gmail or you can call me 216-409-8140. And we can chat. There's no cost for that first visit to come in and assess what your needs are. Um, no charge for being on the phone. Just And if I can't help you, I'm going to tell you right then and there. And I'll help you find someone who can. Well, I'm so glad we talked about this. Your journey has taken some twists and turns, but it still holds on to the basics of what you feel and with the knowledge that you have. So... Uh, I encourage everybody, you know, check Melinda out. Um, you know, you've been hearing her on here on Heart Mojo for six years. Um, Can't believe it's been six years already. I know. Um, she's not a bot. She's a real person. Um, and she'll actually come to your house. And uh, how many people make house calls today? Not many. No, they don't. But that's an old time thing that needs to come back for a lot of people. Absolutely. Sure. I just, I want to help them get, the whole thing with the podcast has always been about helping people get through life's challenges, as I have done. This is just another way to help people get through their daily life challenges. Sounds wonderful. Will you take care? Have a great week. Thank you, Karen. Talk to you again soon. Bye-bye.